Today's episode is brought to you by Zola. To sign up with Zola and receive a $50 credit towards your registry, go to zola.com slash brain candy. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Brain Candy Podcast. It's the Brain Candy Podcast. Hi, this is episode 195. Feeling alive. I already told you I was going to say on the last episode, so don't act like you're surprised. I am not surprised. Right. But irritated. <laughs> Glad to be here, though. How are you? I'm doing really well. How are you, Suze? Yeah? Are you feeling alive? Yeah. Good. You know. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm really waiting for it to be winter over here in California because it's like 80 majillion degrees outside all the time. Love I just it. want a sweater, but no matter what, Susie's still in a turtleneck. <laughs> so she's like, I don't care what I the temperature outside says. I am sick of this being a thing, though. What, the turtleneck? Yeah, because... Maybe what if you only wear them on Tuesdays <laughs> when I come over? That would be funny. I... Well, uh, posted a picture where I was wearing a normal crew neck and people made all these comments, but I looked back at my pictures and I had not posted a turtleneck picture in over two weeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I was like, I have created this monster yeah. where people think it's super funny, right. we but love it's it. not exactly the truth. I wear a variety of neck Of necklines. <laughs> yeah, necklines. Thank you. Oh. At any rate. I am not waiting for that winter weather. No. I'm fully embracing <sighs> yeah. the turtleneck over here. I'm just embracing the fact that it's great in California. Yes. Okay. That's true. That's you know? true. Until I mean, the earthquake on, happens, I'm just going to... Did you hear there was a new fault line discovered underneath Rodeo Drive? <laughs> no. Yeah. It was just on the news like two that nights ago. sounds made up. No. It's the truth. So a seismologist discovered a fault line that runs right underneath Rodeo Drive. I mean, that's a very specific... Don't you think like the 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 people down in the Bible Belt would really have a lot to say if all of a sudden the earth opened and swallowed up all of Rodeo Drive? Yeah, they it's always like have a lot to say. Consumerism, like... <laughs> but aren't... I mean, what is the width of a fault line? It's more than just like oh, a, a driveway. Right. Or a road. Right. So that's it's sort far. of a weird specific... Yeah. It just like happens to cross. It's also through like, you know, some pretty sketchy neighborhoods too, but nobody <laughs> cares to put that in the headline of an I article. Mean, I feel like, yeah, like, or maybe it's a hairline fracture. <laughs> it's not even a big one. Hairline they just fault? think it's funny. Yeah. That's great. I don't know. But that is Well, the big one's coming, so get ready. I am ready. You're the one that does not have an earthquake. Oh, thing. I know. I, I, it's, you know what? My friend just sent me this... Uh, like Vice did a whole article about the new doomsday preppers and yes. how they're much younger. Than- well, I read about how many, many, many billionaires oh. are, they have the whole bunker yeah. set up and it's like they're tricked out. And the billionaires say, and a lot of them are in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. and a lot of them say, you know, we, it's not that we think this is definitely going to happen, but we have enough money where why not make it so that right. if it does happen, we're ready. You know what also would be nice if they took that same million <laughs> that they probably did that and like, I don't know, invested it in early childhood education or something where a lot of people can benefit. That so would be just nice. A bunker. It's kind of like how I feel about people who cryogenically freeze themselves. I'm who like, are these Ugh. people? I watched a documentary on that. You didn't. I did. What was it? What was it saying? It was. It was just one of those shorts. Like a, it was probably like twenty five minutes or something like that. And it basically said that you can't do it. <laughs> and that all those people are throwing their money away. <laughs> watched the whole movie uh-huh. well because the whole the, the documentary wasn't necessarily about like oh, whether you can do it or not it was really to examine the kind of people who would be inclined this. to do it yes okay and the who crazy are they thing narcissists yeah, yeah. Nar- definitely narcissists because they usually get their pets done too oh my god uh-huh. you know how i would feel about that so annoyed right like it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep up the equipment to maintain them in this environment a year. So like each year it costs a lot of money. So like these people are dead and paying like, and I think there was even one on there where a family member was like, what a waste. Like they didn't take care of their family when they died. Instead, they put all their money towards cryogenically freezing themselves. Ugh. I know. But didn't you hear Walt Disney did that? Well, yeah, but that's is a that myth. a rumor? Yeah, yeah. But 
I think it's funny that if you were the one that was running the freezer, whatever mm-hmm. the hell it is, they like you could totally just unplug it and no one would ever no one know. Would know. You could keep charging unless you had a family member that would come and check on it. But I bet they wouldn't because they'd be mad. They didn't get that's the money. kind of the thing they were hinting at in the end of this is that the science is catching up to where we know that we can't do this, and so they're really like losing money these places, yeah. and they're eventually going to have to pull the plug. And it's kind of like. <laughs> understand the impulse to want to live forever anyway me either i'm just trying to get through today mm-hmm. for pete's sake yeah and i'm like the opposite of a doomsday prepper i'm like the doomsday whiner <laughs> like bring it on i'm just sort of like oh my yeah. god this is like the best segue oh let's hear it. what because i was oh my god so did you see that elon musk is selling flamethrowers mm-hmm yeah, so mm-hmm. Elon Musk has a company called The Boring Company. Okay. And I, th- the only thing that this boring company has come out with so far are hats. And it says that he's... That makes I, sense. I did read in the article <laughs> that uh, the majority of the money for this company is going towards underground tunnels that will transport cars. Um, okay. Yeah. So, but that's like the company. That's his company. But then, why are they making hats? I don't know. It's just like to advertise the company. That's all that's actually been sold by the company. It's like so he has his company, and the only thing that's actually being sold is like a Michael Scott. It really is. It's. I mean, that's like the art. The article was kind of like the only thing he's sold. It says through the company, Musk has been selling dot 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 hats. They just say boring. And in December two thousand seven, he said if they sold fifty thousand dollars, fifty thousand hats. He would start selling a flamethrower. So now they sell flamethrowers. I don't get it. And so far, he has sold $5 million worth of flamethrowers. They're like 500 bucks a piece. And then, What the hell is a flamethrower? Oh, I'm going to show you the video. Right now, I'm going to show you this clip of Elon Musk playing with a flamethrower. Okay. It looks like a, it looks, oh. Uh-huh. It just looks like one of those things that make yeah. creme brulee, it's like a, but like really big. Yeah, it's like a huge, uh, what are they called though? Butane torch? Yeah. Like gigantic one of those. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. And then what Get do you do with it? Well, that's the thing that nobody really knows, but the oddest thing are his tweets about it. He is so weird. So, so weird. So he started with this tweet that says, when the zombie apocalypse happens, you'll be glad you bought a flamethrower working against the hordes of the undead or your money back. Works against hordes of the undead or your money back. Then his next tweet was, obviously a flamethrower is a super terrible idea. Definitely don't buy one. Then his next tweet was, the rumor that I'm secretly creating a zombie apocalypse to generate demand for flamethrowers is completely false. Then the next one was, you'd need millions of zombies for a so-called apocalypse anyway. Where would I even get a factory big enough to make so many? Then, but wait, there's more. The flamethrowers is sentient. The word, the safe word is cryptocurrency and it comes with a free blockchain. I barely know what that text means, <laughs> right? but I can't decide if this is a joke or if this is a real thing. But I mean, either way, he made $5 million off of it. If it is a joke. It is so annoying. So what the heck? And I also, don't get where it. I get a flamethrower? <laughs> Secondly. Secondly. Oh, but the, the funniest thing is he came out with a flamethrower. And then the next, the other project, the other thing that he sells is a fire extinguisher. So don't worry. If you buy the flamethrower, they also have a fire extinguisher. Why is it purchase. called the Boring Company? Though? I have no idea. This is, you're going to have, it says <sighs> the company, the, the flamethrower is being sold as part of his, the Boring Company thing, which is a building that which is building a tunnel that we mentioned to transport cars on high-speed carts underground. Why would he need to do that? No, no. What's happening? Needs that. I feel like if you have like a billion dollars, you have access to information that I do not know about. Because <laughs> why do we need to do? Why do we need a flamethrower? And why do we need underground tunnels for cars? Right, 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 right. What's that about? Right, he's onto something. Uh huh. I'm fine with it. Yeah, but. I mean, it's just weird. If you are worried about like something happening to you and you want to get life insurance, yeah, the perfect perfect thing to do with that is to go to healthiq.com and then get a little bit of a discount because you're so healthy and fantastic. Well, that's definitely not a joke. No, it's not a joke. It's the it's the real deal. That's a real deal. Health this IQ is a really good product, uses science actually. and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people like runners, cyclists, strength trainers, vegans, and Basically, they use the apps that are already on your phone that are, tr- that are tracking your nutrition, health, you know, fitness in general, mm-hmm. and then they can use it 
to save you between 4 and 33% on your life insurance. Damn, that's a good deal. Right. And the savings are exclusive to them, so you have to go through them. And you can get a free quote at healthiq.com slash brain candy. I feel like it doesn't hurt to try, right? right? Get a quote. See if you're a good candidate for this, if you're a healthy person. Don't tell them you use a flamethrower. <laughs> right. If you call them instead, use promo code brain candy um, if you talk to a Health IQ agent. I just think that's great. It's something that you would never realize if you were yeah. going to get life insurance, which I, you know, that whole process can be cumbersome to begin mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. So why not get a bargain? Yeah. Um, it's like that safe driver thing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's what Sarah was saying the last time is that the same way that if you're a really good driver, you get discounts. It's like that, but it saves you money on your life insurance for living a health conscious lifestyle. How about that? Ah, all right. You had a, some mystery you wanted oh, to tell me Oh, my about. gosh. I have a crazy, crazy criminology story to tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the story starts on a front doorstep 27 years ago where a woman named Marlene Warren answers the door, opens the door, and on her front porch is a clown in a clown suit with a red nose holding flowers and two balloons, one that says, you're the greatest, and one with a picture of Snow White on it. And then the clown shoots her in the motherfucking face. Sorry, Linda. Yeah. Shot in the face by a clown. What? This has been an unsolved mystery for 27 years. Oh, how do we know it was a clown then? Because there were reports people had seen, the like, saw what happened, and then the clown, like, fled the scene, fled the scene, and nobody knew. This was an unsolved case. <laughs> It has been in the dark for 27 years. Okay. Then, oh. in 2014, okay. new DNA research came out. Like, we had new technology to, like, re-examine DNA from old cold cases. So they reopened the case. And they tested the DNA and found out who did it. And, oh, my God, I feel like, where do I want to start? So Yeah, right. At the time, so when... The crime happened. Okay. The, the wife was killed. She was going through trouble with her husband, whose name was Michael Warren. And Michael Warren owned a car rental company. And he was starting, like husbands often do, look suspicious when the wife gets <laughs> murdered, you know. And, uh, and so they started investigating him and found out that he had a ton of illegal activity going on in this car rental place. Like he had... Um, like fixed odometers differently and there were counts i think it was like 300 or something like counts against him he ended up getting three years in jail for crimes that weren't even related to this murder so he goes to jail from 1997 to 2002 he's finally tried for these crimes put in jail and everything comes out in 2002 and marries a woman named sheila keen warren who he was having an affair with back you know while his wife when his wife was shot they retest the DNA, find out the woman who, who he married is the killer. Mm-mm. He married the woman who killed his wife. Did he know she was the killer? I don't think so. Why don't you think so? Because it didn't say in the article. Right. Oh, man. 27 years later. Wait, how did these witnesses know all this about the Snow White? Yeah, it and, was, uh, wait, that was on the news report. They knew all that, but not that it was a female clown. No, it was like a wig and the red nose and the face paint, (laughs) the whole thing. It was like this woman dressed like a clown. And then I'm like, okay, when they tested the DNA, was it like that red curly clown hair? Because, (laughs) like, what are we talking here? Like what? I, the article is also vague and not saying what hair or what DNA was like Stop studied. It. Like what if it were the clown hair and they just traced it back to like where she bought the clown suit? That would be hilarious. That wasn't even like a joke. That's just like how I feel. No, no. Oh my God. But can you believe that? He married the woman who murdered his wife and she, and the part of the story that I was the most like, what the fuck about was that she was carrying a balloon that said, you're the greatest. Like she went to the store to get this whole ensemble and she picked a flower. She picked flowers, like bought a bouquet of flowers to give to the woman. And while the woman was like distracted with the flowers, shot her in the head. I mean, it's a pretty good 
setup, actually. Because right? you le- talk about not expecting it. Yeah, I mean, I'd be into that. You know, and we were upset with the clowns with the water that just came out of their flower. You know how they have, like, the thing and the, you go to smell their flower and it shoots water out? But this was a bullet. This, this was a bullet. It's kind of like that, but with a bullet. <laughs> and just that she she... There was that intention where she's, like, picking out the balloons. Maybe it was, like, at the Dollar Tree because, I mean, come on. You're not going to like This is getting weirder. This is all true. She had to have that moment where she was, like, which balloon am I going to get? Where did you read this? Multiple. This was on uh, – this was uh, ABC News. But there – you can – when I typed this in to get more information, tons of articles came up. Where do you find this stuff? (sighs) Honestly, like, where did you originally see that? I originally saw it, I think, on MSN.com. Wait, do you just go there? Clown, yeah. MS- okay. Clown <laughs> murderer. <laughs> so you go to MSNBC? Yes. Killer clown <laughs> case. This is on the Washington Post. This is, like, new. It came out, I want to say it's, like, today. Oh, 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 oh. This is brand new stuff. No, it's <laughs> September 28th. Okay. It's- 2017. Okay, this is a couple months old. <laughs> but either way, it's new in my newsfeed, and Washington Post agrees with me. Oh my God. Snow White and You're the Greatest balloons. Look out for those. This is so weird to me, like how they nobody was like, oh, and by the way, it definitely was not a dude. Right. I mean, I guess it's one of those things. Remember how we were talking in a past episode, past episode about think about a book you read and try to remember the details of it. When you're when you see something really traumatic, your brain remembers weird pieces of, you know, the story. So maybe the part that people remember that seeing a clown was so shocking, your brain just fills in the rest of the details, and nobody ever thinks that somebody dressed up as a clown is going. And then somebody murders it. You don't think a woman. Well, it says that the detective had long suspected that she was the killer, but he could never prove it. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, what, where did this DNA all of a sudden come from? Right. I don't know. We'll have to investigate. Oh, my God. Oh, you brain candy sleuths out there. <laughs> Get out your magnifying glasses. And- okay, wait. This is so great. Oh, wait. I thought it said she worked at a costume shop. Oh, that would be hilarious. No, Okay. It said that they. I mean, somebody should really point to her as the murderer if she worked at a costume shop. (laughs) Wow, this is the best story ever. But isn't that terrible? And the fact that he went to jail for three years for crimes not even related to this murder—he was just a bad dude who was pulling a fast one on a bunch of people who were renting his cars. Right. I, that was I a love good how story. you're uh, including the odometer crimes in his like <laughs> rap sheet. Like that's the least of his problems. Right, now. Right. He Boy. is now married to a murderer who killed his own wife. God, I bet he crazy. was in on it. Come on, yeah, probably. Jeez. So there. Good story though. I know. I thought so too. I'll put that in the news in the newsletter. <clears throat> or you, you can check out the Washington Post or ABC.com. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about the um, founder of IKEA died? <gasps> Oh. And then it like. Did brought- they put him in a really janky coffin? Right. Okay. That, that was that- what I was going to say is like, then on Twitter is like a million like <laughs> DIY casket jokes. <laughs> but I <sighs> then so read, I guess it was what you might call like the obituary article mm-hmm. about him in the New York Times. And this guy was a real jackass. Really? Yeah. He was not nice. I didn't. That was not what I thought you were going to say. He, what, tell me about well, him. For starters. He was an alcoholic and admitted it. And, like, that's uh-huh. always funny to me when uh-huh. people are like, yep, I am, and uh-huh. I'm going to keep on doing uh-huh. uh, He got past the denial step, and then he was just <laughs> fine was with like, it. Yeah, I'm okay with this. And uh, furthermore, he had a fascist interest. Like, okay. he was involved in fascism for a while. I mean, come <sighs> on. Then, which you don't think of. Where is that? Sweden? Yeah. Yeah. You don't think of those people. Well, they kind of do. Yeah. They're a little, like, white, like. Our like Aryan. what I call yeah superior racy over there like um it's true and then not all of them and I want the Swedes to like not all Swedes not all Swedes Hashtag. but then additionally like he was kind of a fraud because he claimed he liked to paint this picture of himself as being excuse me um super frugal and uh-huh. like low maintenance and he would only fly coach and stuff like that. But it turned out he was just doing that so that 
he could force his executives at Ikea to do the same. Oh! So that the business... And, like, it was never made a public business, you know? It was always just kept in the family. Are you kidding me? Ikea isn't public? Right. So it's, like, billions and billions of dollars. And then he's like, wait, I'm frugal. I fly coach. Oh, this guy's a dickhead. And he has this old Volvo... But then he also has a Porsche, but yeah. he'll only talk about the old Volvo. Right. Yeah, okay. And I'm like, dang, I should have known. I wonder who he left his money to. He, he has You know what? Kids. He probably got cryogenically frozen, that dickhead. Right? But he has four kids, and they kept the business and the family, and yeah. I don't know what I they I wonder if that would mean any changes for, you know, Ikea kind of presents itself as one of those like look what we do and we're always helping and well, and he write, he wrote up wonderful. like this manifesto of like how you should live mm-hmm. you know how like ben franklin did that but then this guy did it but meanwhile he's like glug 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 right <laughs> you know right so he's just a hypocrite uh-huh and do as i say not as i do kind of thing yeah i guess he really bought into this idea that see this company i created is about frugal living and simplistic living mm-hmm. and that was the virtue but it kind of kind of feels like the company created was all about like cutting corners and doing things like and some know. of it's cool like how they they didn't put um lacquer or whatever it is on wood on on the undersides oh that's smart you know yeah because nobody sees it anyway right. i get that's mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. a cool innovation if you're doing i am mad at them because recently they switched all of their glass in picture frames to acrylic plastic Really? Yeah. I went to Ikea to go get some, you know, picture frames, like a gallery wall kind of thing. Yeah. wanted some inexpensive ones. And I was like, what the heck? Tap, <laughs> tap, tap on it. Plastic. Do you think Which it was, looks different? Yeah, okay. it definitely does. And they they always did it on the bigger picture, on the really big ones. Poster frames Yeah, and, and you like pull yeah. off the sheets and, and, you know, if it's big and all, I, I can barely tell, but... You can really notice it in like the five by seven one on your desk, and it's like right. looks like kind of. Cla- I don't know. I don't like it. So I'm like, yeah, poo poo on that. And then I walked out of IKEA with nothing, and I was They're like, this the, feels weird. The world's um, most used furniture store. Like, oh yeah, I I just wouldn't number one furniture uh, furniture of all real world houses too. No. Oh my gosh, you didn't. Oh, because you weren't on the real world, obviously. Um, that's. The only thing they use to decorate those you houses. You are kidding me. Every single thing. In fact, I, I mean, I can. you can go through the seasons of the real world and they will match the catalogs for Ikea of that year. Do they sponsor it or are they just I think they're cheap. just cheap <gasps> because the furniture from our season was on sale on Craigslist the day after we left the show. No. Swear to God. Do they say that it's from the house? No, I don't think so. Somebody found one of our castmates found the listing. I think maybe a PA like sent it to one of us, and oh like then they showed God. it to me. I wonder if I could find that somewhere. But they, it really was a freaking uh, Craigslist IKEA. Like our beds, they sold all of our beds on there. All of our bed sheets were IKEA, but everything, 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 all IKEA. Wow! And there was an IKEA, like a stone's throw from our house. In Red Hook. There's a right. Red Hook Ikea. Well, that's another innovation that he did was he chose real estate that was outside of the city limits because uh-huh. it's more affordable. Yeah. I mean, some of it's great, but, he, you know, you don't have to be mm-hmm. a D-I-C-K yeah. about it. Yeah. Right, Linda? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess that's why in the challenge houses, though, I wouldn't have known. because so it's cheap. It would, Did they use it in the challenge? No, because it's like different mm. countries. I know that IKEA mm. is global, but sometimes I want to. I think sometimes maybe I recognized bed sheets and things like that from, like mm. somebody just did. Or I mean, that's fine. you know what? Um, our silverware, our glasses, the cups, the plates, all those kind of things. I mean, I frequent IKEA enough to be like, I know. I mean, I guess spring, it makes sense. Summer line, yeah. It's just so classic, and they though. don't really. IKEA only rare every now and then introduces new products. They pretty much keep the same yeah thing. Right. You know, everybody knows the Malm bed. <laughs> what I is think it? I've owned the Malm bed for versions. It? It's just it the like really sl- streamlined, like sleek looking. Um, they have it in like espresso color and white, and then the natural wood color, and it's 
It's What's just special about it? Nothing. Nothing. It's just the standard brand. Not brand. You know how they all have names. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, their yeah. their name, and they have a whole like mom dressers, mom bookshelves. So like the really. Oh my god, I know all the names. The Billy you bookshelves. Really know a lot really, about IKEA. I sure do. It's ridiculous, and nothing in my house is from IKEA except some flowers, like you know, artificial flowers. But I still go there all the time to make sure that I'm not like getting a bit like. <laughs> they have really cute kid stuff. Oh, you know what? My colorful rug is from there. Yeah, that was like a hundred bucks. Yeah, you just have to be yeah. aware of what yeah. you're getting. Yeah, this turned into an ad for IKEA when all we wanted to talk <laughs> shit on the owner. But well, I point. I like to point out the good and bad mm-hmm. in things, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. some of their stuff's great. In fact, I heard from. I was getting a kitchen renovated at, at one point in my life, and the uh, contractor said IKEA kitchens were the best for your buck. Yeah, they are really nice kitchens. Yeah. And, and if the, you're going for that modern look, it's great. Like, they're not the best you can get, but for right. the price point, yeah. they're really good. Yeah. Who knew? Hmm. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> you know what you're also welcome for? What? Is giving this awesome code to get 50 bucks on your registry at Zola. Zola is the future, future, future oh, of <laughs> wedding regis- registries. Registry, registry. Here's why it's awesome. It's a website that basically streamlines the registry process, which can be very annoying and cumbersome. They wanted to make it fun and practical. So it's free, it's easy to use, and they just reinvented the whole process. And what makes it great is they have over 500 brands, so it's not like you're limited to just (laughs) one store or whatever. You can get from 500 top brands. You can do group gifting feature, which lets your guests choose to buy a big ticket item by pooling their money. They have a suite of wedding planning tools, and you can personalize your registry with pictures and things like that. This sounds like the the one-stop shop if you're getting married. Yeah. It's on uh, iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch even. They have price matching and free shipping. Come on. Oh, come on. What do I have to say? Yeah. $50 free. If you go to Zola.com slash Brain Candy and sign up, you get a $50 credit towards your registry. So go to Zola.com slash Brain Candy, Z-O-L-A, and that is how you can get 50 bucks and you'll love it. So there you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Again. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What else? I will tell you, oh, I sent you that article oh, about the yeah. dominatrix. I want to talk, talk yes, about that. Yes, let's talk about that. So there's this gal who, she's actually actually an ex-dominatrix. Mm-hmm. and But do you ever really give that up? I no. Mean, at your soul. No, it's You're in her all, heart. It's always there. Yeah. And she offers these classes now where she's teaching women empowerment by... She calls it verbal martial arts. Yes. That is the best word for it or name for it. Yeah. Where, where you know that feeling you have mm-hmm. when you've all been in a situation. We say stop being polite in those situations, but mm-hmm. you've all been in the situation where somebody says something, you don't like it, makes you uncomfortable or whatever, a dude usually, yeah. and you freeze and you don't say the thing you should say, mm-hmm. which is like, I don't like that or whatever. Sometimes they even ask you. Ooh, do you like that? And sometimes our answer is no. Well, and this isn't even just sexual situations. No. It could just be life. Yes. And she's trying to teach women in the workplace, mm-hmm. in your bedroom, in your relationships, you can use these tools that she's going to teach you that she learned through Dominatrix on how to get your power back and eliminate what she calls default behavior kind of blocking that paralyzation that moment of paralysis, paralysis yeah where you just freeze it's like all uh, women feel that a lot yes i love it and i learned so much from the article because they were describing some of the exercises they have women do and my feeling is even if it's a placebo like hocus pocus who cares? The women leave feeling empowered and better and like it's been something that has been a missing part of their lives. Yeah. And they, did you see that they did a whole Harvey Weinstein simulation simulation in a bathrobe with a creepy dude and everything. Yeah. And, and they he, like, had him some, say yes. the same 
phrases and things that Harry Harvey was saying to these women, which are lines that yeah, men use. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember any of those lines? Well, I remember one of the things that she taught, which was when what? How do you pronounce that? Cara Devil De Levine? Yeah, Devil. How do you say her name? That's just good fun. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, the supermodel that's. Uh, also an actress, and she's beautiful, and her name's hard to pronounce. De Evangeline? De Evangeline? <laughs> I think it's Levine no. at the end, but De Levine or De something Levine, like that. Yeah. Whatever I'm it is with the eyebrows. Evangelina, which is She was different. one of Harvey's victims, and she went to... Oh, um, she was led to his hotel by his assistant, and when she got to the room, she was happy to see that there was another woman in there, so she was like, oh, good. Um, you know, it's not going to be like a trap. Uh-huh. But then he wanted them to kiss, oh. and... Oh my she, God! She did this thing instinctively that this dominatrix says was a great technique. She got up and she was like, "Hey, Harvey, did I tell you I can sing?" And she just started singing because she said she wanted to pretend like it was an actual legitimate audition, uh-huh. and was like, "Hey, da, da, oh my da, da, God, da, da, this breaks my heart." But it's such a good lesson <sighs> because the dominatrix lady says, "When you get that moment." Say anything. You could tell him you like his shoes. You could tell him you you know how to sing. Whatever it is that shifts Mm -hmm. the thing away from his power structure and his script is great. And I thought that was a really good tip. Good for her, man, because she's not exactly old. She's young. And for her to have that wherewithal or is that the right word? To just be like, this is what I'm going to do. It's like survival skill. She mm-hmm. had the survival skill that was survive. Right. right. And then mm-hmm. he, he was like, okay, anyway. And uh-huh. she was like, but I really have to go. And then she went to go leave. And then he blocked the door and tried to kiss her again. Fuck and she still was able to get away. I don't know how she did at that time. But Dude. her technique of sort of diverting attention, creating like a, what do you call that? Uh-huh. Like a look over here. Diversion. Well, yeah, diversion. Was a good tip for everybody. Wow. Where when you're in that moment, you're like, I don't want to be here. I want to get out of here. Just do something. Mm-hmm. Anything is better than nothing. What I'm hoping is that it do, that women know that these kind of classes and these kind of things are accessible to all kinds of women. You don't have to be a sexy dominatrix type who's like, you know, likes to take over. This is just, te- that happens to be who teaches it. But this is accessible to all women and all types of women. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter where you're from, what religion you are, how old you are, what your, you know, orient sexual orientation is, we can all benefit from a little bit of like uh power, like being able to know how to hold that power and being able to take it back when it's taken from us. Yeah. She is controversial because she allows men to be in mm-hmm. the groups and to be teachers. Um she gets criticized for that because then it's not a quote-unquote safe space. Um, but you know, she says, well, the men are in real world. Yeah. And we kind of do need to, not kind of, we absolutely do need to bridge that gap between, um, we got to deal with them. We have to, Yeah, you know, and I think there are good men out there who are on our side. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, before I introduce our guest, do you have anything else you want to go over? Hmm. Talked about killer clowns. Talked about a flamethrower. Your list is so funny. I know. It has Melania Trump MIA, but maybe we could save that for later. <laughs> yeah, we can save that. Um, this guest today is one of the authors of a book club book I'm chosen for February. It's called Between You and Sorry, Between Me and You, a novel. And I'm not usually into novels, as our book club uh, members know. You've been on a hot one with the novels. I know, but I really, really love this. Um, It's about a relationship that is in trouble and sort of is unusual because it works backwards. Mm. It starts at the end. Ooh, like memento style. Yeah, kind of. And then it works like backwards. And I think anybody that's ever been in a relationship knows when you're at the end, you look back and you think, how did I get here? Yes. And how, you, when you start, things are so great. And and then what are those moments along the way that shift things? Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, I really love this. And I think anybody that's in a relationship or has ever been in one will relate to it. Mm-hmm. 
and the the way it's constructed is really fun to read and i when i talked to the author i thought well it might have been fun to read but i bet it was really difficult to write that sounds like it would be difficult to write yeah oh my gosh Just and she also straight. switched voices so one one chapter would be the husband's voice uh-huh. one chapter would be the wife's voice and so you see how what one person thought was happening yes you know and that's another thing about marriage or relationships where you're like you know what you think yep. happened but it could be a totally different perspective from the partner it's pretty much every fight according to my husband right. he's like he you don't remember said. anything yeah like, because i'm in an emotional place of trauma and things aren't linear then <laughs> linear so allison winscotch is on on the show today and i wanted to talk to her about the process of writing that book why she wanted to write it now and you know why she chose to write it in those voices and write it backwards and i think anybody that is a reader or writer will appreciate Ooh, that process cool. and getting to the bottom of that. So our and book if, club members are going to well, love that's a that thing. If you aren't in our book club, please check it out. You can join via patreoncom slash brain candy or on our website, the brain And we meet once a month. We have live chat where we talk to all of our members about the books mm-hmm. and we kind of just like bond and talk about our lives. Oh, too. We bond for sure. It's just I feel a really like nice... I'm like super looking forward to these book club meetings. Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing if you know because a lot of people want maybe want to be in a book club but they can't go out they have kids or whatever yeah. so this is kind of a good way to be in one where you don't have to go. Mm-hmm. You can still drink wine. Yep, but you don't have to leave your house. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, so let's welcome to the show, Allison Wynn Scotch, and you should definitely check out her book, Between Me and You. Yes. Hello, welcome to the show. I Thank can't you. believe what technology is ruining my life. I'm glad I've got you. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. Okay. First of all, congratulations on your book. Thank you. Thank, I mean, seriously, thanks for having me. This is so much fun. I was wondering, though, because you're, you know, is this old hat? You have a gazillion books. Are you over it? Um, I'm over some of it, but I'm not <laughs> over this book. I'm, I really do love this book. Like, you don't always love every book that you put out. I'm a little bit over, like, the the, the build-up to oh. publishing, but... um. I'm I'm not over the book itself, so I think when you really love something that you've done, it's a little it, it's a little more gratifying. Yeah, so. well, you should love it. It's tremendous, and I'm excited oh, for our listeners you. to read it. Thank you. I think they're going to love it too. Um, Thanks. What makes you like this book in particular? You know, a couple things. One is I feel like um, it's a hopeful. Uh, consuming book that you can read really quickly and I feel like um in this moment in the world people need something to sort of lose themselves in yeah and um I feel like it provides that so um I also you know it's um it's heartfelt like I it's about a complicated relationship um and finding love and losing love and rediscovering love and I just um you know, it means a lot to me to to have written something that explores all those different elements. Um, but again, I just I just feel like I'm proud to put something hopeful out into the world right now, where a lot of people maybe don't feel that way. So, um, hearing from people that it made them feel joy is powerful. Right now. Yeah, and it's not. You know, sometimes when you have a book like that, it's um, just total escapism. But this yeah. isn't that. Right. It's, uh, it, it's contemplative. It makes you think about your own relationship and the people in your life and how they all work together. So that's what's cool is that you're getting you're getting hope and away from the noise of the world, but you can also keep thinking. 
Well, thank you. I mean, I like to think that, um, I do like to think that I sort of provide, I mean, this is brain candy. So I like to think that I provide a little brain candy for people. I mean, I, I, um, value reads that make me think, um, and I don't just want something completely fluffy. Uh, I mean, that's sort of the point of, uh, for me reading is to, you know, read something in resonant, uh, that connects with me personally. So, um, that's what I try to do. I mean, I do try to give people something to think about. Um, and in this moment though, also to, um, just provide something a little restorative. Yeah. Well, you succeeded. And thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And I was really struck by within the relationship in the book, the, something that kept haunting me was how, Mm -hmm. because it's written from both of their points of view, Mm -hmm. You could see the moments when they wish they would have said something. Yeah. And how often we all do that. What made you include that idea? Well, I, I have been married for a long time. And I mean, certainly I've learned over the years that communication without it, that is where everything starts going wrong. And I think early in my relationship, uh, you know, let things fester and uh, hold things in. And certainly in my dating life, I did. Um, And I think that that's where you could pinpoint where a lot of things started to go wrong. Uh, And certainly women now are seeing how much they have to advocate for themselves and speak up and, uh, you know, give power to their voice. So, um, but in this particular relationship, as they start to spiral uh, away from each other, I mean, it just comes down to communication. And if they didn't trust each other, if they couldn't be honest with each other, um, everything just fractures from there. So I think if you're going to show a relationship unraveling, some of it has to come down to the communication, not just, I mean, I am a believer that people can um, wrong each other. I mean, not just in love relationships and friendships and parental relationships, but if you, there are a lot of things that can be talked through, but if you don't, talk it through if you don't um give rise to like that honesty then there's just no chance right anything and even like when they would hold back it wasn't always it sometimes the intention was good where you didn't want to hurt the other person or make a big deal right well isn't that true in life right and i mean sometimes that has to happen like you know not everybody has to be 100 honest yeah but um in their situation, particularly without spoiling things towards the end, things needed to be said. And um, they had lost faith in each other to say them. And I mean, I have been in that situation um, where later you're like, why didn't I just, why didn't I just say that? I mean, and again, not just in romantic, but in a whole multitude of relationships. And so um that's what these characters needed to do. I yeah. mean, other things. Well, so. and, and you mentioned the other relationships and I thought that was such a interesting part of the book was that, you know, lovers don't exist in a vacuum. There's right. other supporting characters that can add or take away from the dynamic. For, for sure. I mean, and again, we've all been there, whether it's friends who are goading somebody for better or for worse or in-laws or uh your children i mean there's so many distractions that come up um or even pets or pets <laughs> oh my god i was just on the couch snuggling <laughs> and my husband is like you, you need to get a grip i'm like i cannot get a grip no way man it's emotional <laughs> therapy I was, like, I was like i'm sorry that i love him more than you like, i don't know what to do yeah, just accept it that's right he is my favorite in the house. Right. Too. But I mean, I think that that's a, a real thing for a lot of couples that's, is those that's right. are just as important as people sometimes. Oh my gosh, for sure. I mean, for sure. So, I mean, one of my, I don't love one of my dogs and I love one of them. I mean, one of no, my wait, him, one you I don't, don't love? Like right. Sorry? One of the dogs you don't love in your house? I love him, but I don't like him. He's a total nightmare. But the <laughs> other one, I I love. So much. I gave birth to him. So, um, but yeah, so I get it. I get it. Well, I was wondering how, as a writer, you, because I don't have the gift that you have, and I don't know how you 
could have such a way of making both voices sound so like you were sounded like both people. Oh, thank How you. How do you That's do that? Goal. What is the um, trick, man? I don't, you know, I feel like writing is a lot like acting. Like you just dive into these people's brains and, and let it be said this book went through many drafts. So it's not like right out of the gate. I figured out how to write, how to write them. Um, You know, you just, you refine them and you refine them and you have to spend time asking yourself how they would behave, uh, which is different than how maybe I would behave or you would behave and certainly different than how each other would behave. You know, I don't know. It's just, I, when I'm writing, I spend a lot of time uh, internally, uh, just with myself. I go running. I take a lot of walks. I listen to a lot of music. I'm probably one layer disengaged from my kids um, just because I spend so much time in my head. So I think um, all of that just accumulates, and then you sit down and you put it on page. You know, Wow. I try wow. to do it first thing in the morning to get it out, out of the way. Um so that's that's what it is. I bet it's not unlike what actors do with roles. It's yeah. just Well, I don't understand them either. I'm only good at being <laughs> myself. That's all I got. Um, right. Well, that's right. I thought, you know, just how as a writer, because the story is not written chronologically as right. a typical story. And so there that was complicated, I imagine, for you, but oh. it it wasn't complicated for us as the reader. Well, thank you. It was a nightmare. Was to write. it? <laughs> um, it was. Are you okay? I, I'm okay now, but <laughs> it's funny. I was, I'm working on the screenplay with a friend of mine and we were outlining it and I looked at him and I was like, I really remember why I hated writing this. It was so horrible, but I, I wanted to write it in a way that people hadn't read before. Um, and I, it was important to me that Ben tell it backwards or that one of the characters tell it backwards. Uh, and the reason for that is um, I felt like if you could, if you were in a relationship that was fracturing or just in a, having a difficult day with your partner or whatever it, it w- was, um, wouldn't it be amazing to sort of unpeel the layers and go back to that time when you first met them, uh, when you were passionate, when, you know, you didn't see all their quirks that might annoy you now when you could really remember how much you loved them. Like if we had a pill that we could take that would um, sort of infuse us with that feeling, like I feel like that would be amazing. So I wanted to take him back in time to get him back to how he first, to, to remember how he felt when he first met her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like the device that I use of him telling it backwards um allowed for that as opposed to just flashing back like he really had to peel back all of the crap that they had um acquired over the years so that's why I did it that way um it was really brutal to write uh it took a lot of drafts I had to throw out almost all of my first draft and then throw out almost all of my second draft and at that point my editor said why don't you just do this chronologically and I said (laughs) I don't, you know, like I've read that book and I've written that book. Like that's, this is my seventh book. Like I don't (laughs) want to write something that I have written before. Like that doesn't interest me. So, um, I kept at it. How important was it for you to have the female character be more successful at points in the story than her husband? That is a great question. Um, And it is something that came into play in later drafts Um, Hmm. when I was out with people in the industry, um, screenwriters, producers, actresses. And they said, you know, one thing and I was I was just asking them, you know, what it's like. And they said, you know, one thing that is impossible to avoid is when you are more successful. And it really screws things up Um, for for some couples where the husband is, you know, not as, um, I don't know, comfortable in his role. And so. That talking to them really shifted my perception of the marriage. And I went back in and I built all of that in, um, in, in the earlier drafts, they were both successful and, um, Hmm. which I'm sure, you know, could add 
other stuff into it. But um, that whole notion of, you know, if you're an actor, like having your spouse being pushed to the side on the red carpet, um, or if you're both writers and you're the one getting the calls and your husband isn't, um, I mean, that has to come into play. You know, yeah. it's, it's that's a complicated thing um, if you're both aspiring for the same thing. So I do think that was super important, and that's such a great question. But to be honest, because my husband doesn't work in the industry or isn't a creative type, it hadn't occurred to me until I talked to these women, and they were like, oh, yeah, try navigating that. So um, it was, you know, super, super important. Yeah, and it felt like that, and it felt, I felt his pain, you know, or shame or whatever that is. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of stuff went wrong for him all at once, which can happen in life. And he makes some really bad decisions, Um, but, and and some people will hate him forever because of that. But I felt like, God, this guy just wants to be understood by somebody and his wife isn't giving that to him. And that, that does not justify the choices that he makes without getting into spoilers, but I felt bad for him. Yeah, man. Right. I was team men. (laughs) Well, that's, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's interesting to read or to hear some of the the feedback. Um, Mm. Some people feel like you and I do and like we got it and some people hate him for it. And that's totally fine. Well, you know, people read through their own lens of their own life and that's how it always is. And so, but, um, you know, I think it's hard to, um, I'm sure it's hard to feel as if you are both worthy of something and not have it come your way. Um, Whether it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know your best friend or your sibling, whatever it is, or your, your partner. Yeah. So, um, I thought that was such an interesting component to the book and the story. Thank you. Yeah. And it, and it's interesting that it just didn't, because that has never come up in my life. My husband is like, great. (laughs) If I could retire tomorrow, (laughs) but, um, but it was interesting talking to these women who are all successful saying, you know, dude, we've got to navigate this. So when, without revealing, of course, the ending. Yeah. How did you choose the ending? Great. Another great question. Um, I really didn't know when I was writing all my drafts, I was writing about 90% and I was leaving the ending undone because I was like, I know what realistically I think I want to do, but I don't know that that feels right for this book. Mm -hmm. So um, I talked to my agent and it sort of gets back to your first question. And I was like, I just, I don't know. It could go either way. I think either one would be honest. And she said, again, without, I think, revealing the ending, because I think that as you read the book, you're unsure. She said, people need something hopeful. Do not decimate that after putting them through 300 pages. And I, but I think that she was right. I think you know maybe in a different time I could have ended it in another way. But once she gave me that freedom, um, and on top of my editor saying, "Why are you writing this backwards? What is the payoff for doing that?" It all sort of came together, and I was like, "A, this is why it culminates, and you can see why he writes it backwards." Mm-hmm. B great let's write something positive like let that be something that I can put out in the universe so um that's that's why I made the choices that I did I think that there's something um scary and brave about forgiveness and um you know the risk that that involves so that's that's how I came to that yeah, I I really liked it, and it felt redemptive, but not not uh, predictable. Thank and you. Well, that's was great. that's the trick. That's, <laughs> right, that's, you're good. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't mean it like that. I just mean yeah. you know that's you don't want to write something where you're like, oh, I saw that coming no. two hundred pages ago. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
No, and I mean, the other thing is, which I imagine as a writer and as a reader you would want, is that you keep thinking about the book long after you're done, you know? Yes. Well, you hope so. Yeah, Yeah. that's how I felt with this. I kept going back to their lives. That's the only thing that bumps me out about fiction is then I want to Google them and find out what they're up to. (laughs) I know. I just finished Little Fires Everywhere, which most people have read. And I was like, oh, please write a sequel. I mean, she's not going to, but I was like, I just, I'm not done with you with these characters. And there was, there was nothing to be done other than, you know, I mean, there was literally nothing to be done other than just sit on it for a while and take me a few days, start a new book. Cause I just really, I got lost in those characters and it was, it was great. Yeah. I wondered about that for you personally, since they, I I don't know how long that it takes you to write a book, but I, yeah. I imagine you're immersed in the, the inner life of these yes. characters. And then how do yeah. you get cleansed? It's hard. You know, well, it's actually, I should say, it's not usually that hard for me with this book in particular, because it was so difficult to write. I've had a tough time diving into something else. Yeah. I started um, a few things, uh, I've written some first chapters, and I just haven't been into it. And I have written books that I haven't been consumed with before. And they're not, they're my least favorite books that I've written. So um, I'm just trying to, I feel like now that it's out, maybe that's what I needed. Like I'm starting to sort of pay attention more and tune into things that I might be more interested in writing. Um, I just saw this news article and I sent it to my agent and I was like, I feel like this might be something interesting to explore. So, you know, it's hard. I think it it just depends on how deeply you are invested. Yeah. in the characters and with this again, just cause it was so hard to write and I really felt them. Um, I'm just not quite there. So right. I totally can see why yeah. it's intense and yeah. it's, it, I, I'm just so excited to hear what other people um, think about it too. But uh, bef- I know you, you got to run, but before oh, I, I, you I, I, go, I, yeah, uh, I had no idea how beautiful your hair was. And so I want to know <laughs> what you do to it. Uh, what is the secret? I'm like, I, I can't really see myself. Um, I don't know. I washed it and I blue dry it. Um, and that was last night. Like, um, it's terrible that there's a podcast because people won't be able to appreciate what I'm seeing. But <laughs> I mean, that is some beautiful hair. Thank you. I have I, I have somebody here whom I love uh, in Brentwood. Um, I don't know. I That's just good. think... Um, I don't know. I'm trying to see it. It's like literally <laughs> dirty and I did yoga this morning and I haven't washed it. Um, hey, I hope that's a secret because I'll just get right on board. Well, um, you know, they always say that the dirty hair is better. And I never really believed it until this year where I'm like, I can't walk. Well, it's working that's for you. I'll tell it. you that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Thank you. Last question is, yeah. beef, uh, okay. What do you keep in the trunk of your car? We ask everyone. Oh, I keep an emergency kit, okay. like, uh, because I moved to LA five years ago <laughs> and I feel like the transplants are much more neurotic about, yes. um, earthquakes. So I keep an emergency. Wait a kit. minute. Your kit is like for an earthquake. Yes. <laughs> What's in there? Oh, um, I don't know. It's like some emergency backpack I ordered. I, water, um, like mylar blanket. Yeah. Um, food to last for a couple days and like flares. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little neurotic about earthquakes. Um particularly because they're saying like LA is gonna or California is gonna like fall apart. I know days. I just upped my coverage. I was like we're in right. for it. That's <laughs> right. trouble. So right. is that it? That's the only thing no. in there? Um so I have that. I have some tennis rackets. Mm. Um I have like I don't know. Probably some garbage. My kids are complete <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, like wrappers, <laughs> um, like some random socks. Um, that's, I, I don't keep a lot in my trunk. What do most people say? Like, oh what my am I God. Missing? It is. <laughs> you know what? We, our theory is that it shows us where you are in your life, but man, people have some weird stuff in their <laughs> trunks, to be honest. <laughs> Yours yeah, I mean, nice. I guess it makes sense. I have my kids' stuff, yes. and I have an emergency kit, which is like my maternal 
Yeah. You know, that's pretty much when I'm not working, I'm just driving my kids around. So what yeah, else? Yeah, you're a mama bear. And then that's you right. play tennis to forget about them for a minute. Oh, no, they, they, the rackets are my <laughs> oh, kids. Bears. Oh. <laughs> my kids. Oh. All right. Well, then that makes sense. Yeah. Our theory it's all stands here. for now. Yeah. Um, is there anything about the book that you want people to think about or consider that I didn't ask? No, I mean, thank you. This was such a, you asked such good questions that honestly, I haven't really been asked yet. Um, I, I, I mean, I loved it. I think that the, you know, the message is, I hope that people can lose themselves. It's a quick read. Um, I think it works better uh, because it is, the, the structure is complicated if you do read it in a few sittings. And I just think, you know, I hope I provide people something that um, allows them to turn their brains off in a good way. Um, and disconnect for, for a little bit. And that's, you know, yeah, and you really did. And it's so redemptive and hopeful, as you said, in fact, I mean, obviously this, the time hop thing is what happens on this is us. And I recently was writing about how people tend to have a spiritual experience with that show. Yeah. It has the same themes of like hope and, you know, redemption. For sure. I mean, that, that show has really resonated and it's about family and it's about complicated relationships. Exactly. Same as your book. Yeah. And all of the stuff that we go through as humans, I mean, not that everybody is going to have experienced all the stuff that these two characters go through, but a lot of it is just messy life. That's right. It's messy life. And, And that is what I'm reading from people. This is a book about messy relationships and that's what we all have to deal with. Yeah. You know? Well, congratulations again. I know people oh, are going to love it. Me. Thank and, you. I mean, I look forward to the next the next book. Thank you. Well, and no, you take your time. Soon. Take your yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. And I'm so sorry about technology. No, 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 no. I don't know why it wasn't showing up for me. I'm, I'm so glad it worked out. I really thought I know. We I'm were... glad I texted you. Thank you. And yeah. I'll let you know when, the, when we post the interview. Awesome. I'll be sure to send it around. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for the Bye, Okay, bye.